Welcome to Love, Money, and the Law, where you'll find conversations about everything relationships, marriage, and divorce. I'm your host, Cindy Hyde, and my goal is to bring you new insights and points of view through legal, psychological, financial, and spiritual perspectives. Be sure to check out lovemoneylaw.com for live seminars, free videos, and products related to many of the topics we'll discuss. I'm glad you're here. Welcome to Love, Money, and the Law. My name is Cindy Hyde, and my guest today is Sandra Williamson. The subject is cohabitation, and Sandra is here to talk to us about her experience with a very long, committed relationship. So welcome, Sandra. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Tell me first why you agreed to come on camera and share with us some of the um, the advantages and disadvantages of living with a partner instead of marriage. The two are very different. I was married for 20 years, cohabitated for 15. Mm -hmm. So they were pretty much the same in length, but very different. And what you, when you're married, you start with a priest, you end in court. Mm -hmm. uh, and when you're in cohabitation, you go into it thinking that's not going to Happen. You're in love and you know that court's not going to be involved because you're not married. Was that one of the reasons why you chose not to get married? Okay. That was one of the reasons and I just wanted to be sure or hope that I'd made a better decision in the person that I had picked uh, to share my life with. And, you know, I was in love and we were in love and everything starts out the same way as when you're dating and we decided, made the decision to move in. Mm -hmm. I had my own home. I had my own job. I had my own income. I was doing well for myself. And he was too. And initially that erodes away. My part of my life eroded away into his. Okay. And we became one there. How long were you together? 15 years. And how long before... Uh, or how, how long after you knew each other did you, just, did you start living together? Was it something that happened pretty quickly, or, or did you feel like, uh, you, you know, you knew each other right away? I mean, sometimes mm -hmm. after you've been through a marriage, you you feel like you have a little uh, better discernment ability with the partner the next time around. So, you know, it just varies. I'm no, just it had curious. been a couple of years, mm -hmm. and um, the attraction was there, and he had actually made the decision that we were living on different parts of town. Mm. So out of convenience, it was easier for me to move in. Uh, and so I rented my place, having had my own place, because I still wasn't sure. Uh, and I said, okay, well, you know, we'll move in together. And then eventually that went into selling my place and living in his. And I still had my own income. So everything was fine as long as it was more than even basis. And, and as you've discussed in the financial part of things, um, that is eventually what will erode any relationship, no matter what, but in particular in a cohabitational agreement. So why do you say that? Can you share with us some of the uh, circumstances that began to erode your relationship, if that's what happened around money? That is what happens, because 
um, you start living with someone and eventually your job becomes not quite as important as theirs and you want to give up what you're doing to satisfy them, to make their life better. So in that respect, you're losing out. Uh, your Social Security does not build. Your finances for later on discontinue. So were you working the entire time or, or, or not? I worked for 10 years of it. Okay. So it really was very similar to a marriage in a way. It was. So you stopped your work life to care for him. Mm-hmm. And did he have family too, or did you have family as well involved in this? That was situation? the thing that attracted us the most, I think, to each other is our our children were grown and gone. So it was just the two of us. There was no mm-hmm. reason to have a marriage. Normally, the marriage would be the proper thing to do um, in that time. But our children were grown and gone, and and it was just us. And you know, it was convenient mm-hmm. to just move in. There wasn't all the trappings that you have in a marriage where you have to combine everything. And eventually, uh, we kept everything separate for a while. I had my own bank account. He had his own bank account. And as we progressed, mm-hmm. we got a bank account together. And he wanted people to know that we were a couple. So he wore a ring. I wore a ring. Mm-hmm. Um, we did present ourselves. We didn't present ourselves as married. People would say, oh, your husband or your wife, and we just never corrected them. Mm, I see. And as we got further down the road, things started happening, and the situation was starting to deteriorate um, because I was looking at things. We bought a home together, a town home together, mm-hmm. and um, he said, this is your security because he put it in my name and his name. And... You know, as you say, you know, buying and putting your finances together Mm -hmm. is part of living together. And that can be a good thing, but it can also not work out. And that's what I would like to address to people who go through this and say, well, I, you know, my name's on the home or my name is on his will or my name Mm -hmm. is on his insurance. Uh, first of all, the will and insurance can be changed with the stroke of a pen. That's ex- that's exactly right. E- either of those are revocable at any time. That's right. So just because someone says you are now the beneficiary of this life insurance policy, unless you own the life insurance policy, right. then uh, it's very easy to switch beneficiaries uh, exactly with the stroke of a pen. Same that's way right. for, for wills. In many states in the country, it is uh, entirely possible, even when you're married, to disown your own spouse without mm-hmm. their knowledge. That's right. uh, so if you're not married, it's, it's a non-issue because you have no inheritance rights anyway. That's right. Did you, did you two ever discuss marriage or not? No, we had both decided not to get married. He had been married before and mm-hmm. had a rather expensive settlement so I think he was tainted from the whole marriage Mm -hmm. uh, part of it and his credit had been affected by it and my Mm -hmm. credit was excellent so on my part of things I did not want to commingle and have my credit ruined because of his difficulties even though he had plenty um, he was financially secure Mm -hmm. the credit did not change for years to come and mine had always been good mm-hmm. so that was one of the factors even though it seems like a minor factor but I think at that time I was thinking long term if this doesn't work out I still need to be able to have something to build on or what would you say to other women particularly who 
uh, are considering cohabitating instead of marriage? I mean, bottom line, do you think it's a good idea? I think it's for each individual person. But for me, I really think that you're selling yourself short, so to speak. Mm -hmm. uh, cohabitation is convenient. And when it's convenient, it's easy. It's not really the commitment that you get in marriage. Mm -hmm. When you're in marriage and people will say, well, that can end too. Yes, it can end. But when it ends, there's a settlement involved. Mm -hmm. In cohabitation, there's not a settlement involved, not to the degree that there is a marriage. Mm -hmm. that, that can be very true, absent a cohabitation mm -hmm. agreement that might anticipate your financial circumstances in the event of a split. We were talking earlier about... Uh, what can also happen in a, in a negative way, let's say you move to another country together or you're traveling together in another country and there might okay. be an emergency or, you know, perhaps you're living there for, for a limited period of time. Do you want to comment on any of your personal experience in that area? Well, we'll back up a little bit on the home that we actually purchased together because I think a lot of people who cohabitate and purchase a home together feel secure my name is on the home. Mm -hmm. What happened to us, and I think it's important for people to realize can happen and does happen because it happened to me. Mm -hmm. um, my name was on it. His name was on it. So it was 50-50. Mm -hmm. I was paying for half of it up until about two years, and then he paid it off. Several years down the road, he said, we need to sell. We need to sell. We need to move. It's time to move on. We're not working. We're going to travel. And he pressed me and pressed me to move. And I finally gave in and said, okay, you know, mm -hmm. let's move. And so we sold the home. Well, we had a mutual account. And even though when it went through all the paperwork and it mm -hmm. said, okay, a check needs to be distributed to you and to him, mm -hmm. he called them unbeknownst to me and mm -hmm. said, we have a mutual account. So just make the check out, uh -huh. the direct deposit into the mutual account. I didn't have a problem with that because the promise was we're going to sell this home, but we're going to move on to Arizona, Phoenix, where we were going to go. And we we're going to have another home just as nice as this one. And, you know, I didn't think anything of it. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was going into our mutual account. My name was on that account. His name was on that account. So when the transaction was done, he said, can you check the account to see if the money is in? And he'd asked me several times that day, has the money hit the account? Has the money hit the account? Mm -hmm. And so finally I saw it did, and he had had me check it. He wasn't checking. He had me check it. And I said, yes, it's hit the account. Mm -hmm. And he said, okay, that's great. I didn't give it a second thought. I paid all the bills through that account. That's why we had initially had a mutual account. Mm -hmm. A couple of weeks later, when I went in to pay the monthly bills, I noticed that all of the money had been transferred out of that account. Uh-oh. And I was not told. The uh -oh. money had been transferred into an account with only his name on it. And he didn't tell you about it. He did that. not tell me. So This was after how many years? After 12 years. You would think you'd know someone by then, right? That's right. And I had money yeah. into it. So that kind of started off the avalanche of what's happening here. Mm -hmm. My security was badly shaken after that because... I had thought I own half this home. That is my security mm -hmm. with half this home. Mm -hmm. I haven't lost anything. I can still build a retirement. But now mm -hmm. that was gone. And our oh, jobs were goodness. gone because we had resigned to travel. 
So is there a happy ending to this story or not? Unfortunately not. Uh-oh. We moved to Scottsdale, mm-hmm. and we never did purchase a home. He started adamantly refusing to purchase a home. But to make matters worse, he had transferred all of his funds to an international account in Singapore. Including your funds, right? Everything that was my half, yes. Oh, my goodness. So all I had was what was in my account, but since we weren't working any longer, nothing was building. And I was still paying for all my own expenses, so my account was depleting rapidly while his was secure. And in another country. And he's still alive. Is it? He's still, he's, he lived, he's lived to tell his side of the story somewhere, I'm sure. That's right. But uh, that's, that's pretty tough. That's rough. That is tough. And I started really getting concerned when we moved to Phoenix because even though I wanted to move there with him because I thought we would have another home and get another job, all of that went out the window And then I started realizing I'm 16 hours away from my family. They're really Mm -hmm. all the security I have right now. Um, So he'd move me further away. And not only that, if we had an accident, as you said, if we have an accident, if there's any medical issues, he had no authority over me. I had none over him. Um, There was a little bit of animosity on his side from his ex and from his daughter. So I started thinking if something happens to him, you know, they're just going to, where, where am I? Because I have no rights. Um, The electricity, everything was in his name. So it really painted a picture of I'm on the outside, not on the end. But that's not the way it started. That's not the way it started. Everything started mutual. Nothing ever really starts that way. You know, and (laughs) I, I think that's a very important point too, because, you know, we always think we're making the right decision at the That's time, right. no matter what it is in life. Mm-hmm. And I, I truly believe that it's no one starts a relationship with the intention of things going badly, especially when you're, uh, you know, combining your funds and your entire life together. I mean, the, you know, things are usually going pretty well to do That's that. Right. So without the benefit of marriage, um, you're absolutely correct because you're not, you're not building anything together, even no matter what stage in life you're in. Uh, but if things do go badly, then you, without without being married, you also are in this situation that, um, you know, you 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 don't have the same leverage as far as uh, you you would otherwise in a divorce situation. Would you say the disadvantages outweigh the advantages overall? Absolutely. And to, to further the story, we, um, I think he felt my unease with the whole situation, and I voiced it several times, and he said, don't worry about it, I'll take care of you, don't worry, I'll take care of you, which mm-hmm. a lot of times they say that. Uh, he started saying we needed to move to another country because things were just not stable in the United States, we needed to move to another country. Not stable in the United States. What what other That's country right. would be more stable than the United States? Did he well, have? Well, we mind? went on a whirlwind. <laughs> we okay. started off in Chile. Well, that was too far away. I didn't want to move there. I, I absolutely refused. Loved it, but refused. We went to Argentina. We went to Ecuador. We went to Puerto Rico. We went to Mexico, and ended up in Panama. And the reason we settled in Panama was because there was a community, Coronado, that they spoke English, mostly English there. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have to learn a new language. 
um, it was the dollar based on the dollar, mm -hmm. which is a lot of issues when you live in another country. It's yes. a, a whole yeah. different kind of thing. So he kind of had me there, and he's again, we bought another condo, and he put it in my name and his name. But we're now in another country, and that changes everything. Well, on the, surf on the surface, you would think, well, that's, that's a good faith investment that you yes. know you were both a part of. So what's the downside in another country? The downside is you still, as an unmarried couple, they don't recognize that at all in that country. Okay. And even though we purchased the condo together, um, when you're in a cohabitational arrangement mm -hmm. and it ends and they're in the house and they have leverage because they have the money, even if your name is on it, and they say, well, I need a place to live. You're the one who wants to leave, which I left. I'm the one who left the situation. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult to force a resolution, in mm -hmm. particularly in another country. So you're kind of stuck. Uh, so for over a year, he said, I'm not leaving. You, you left. I'm staying in the condo. I think you raise a good point. Forcing a resolution mm -hmm. and then what your legal rights do, you know, what you do have left. And I, I, I'm a lawyer and I would not want to be in that situation in another country to find yeah. another, uh, you know, a, a competent lawyer that I'd feel uh, comfortable with to come and confident with to represent me. It's not always the same as it's our judicial <laughs> system here that I have a great deal of faith in. So That's um, right. And the lawyers here cannot help you. I spoke to you. I spoke to several people, mm -hmm. and they cannot help you in an overseas situation. Yeah. We, most of us are not licensed in other That's countries. Right. I mean, and so and even if we were, if you're not, yeah. if you're not there on a daily basis, um that's a challenge, but it doesn't mean you can't contact counsel in other countries, but still it's, it's, that's it's right. more expensive. It's more time consuming exactly. and more traumatizing because you're not here in, no. at home. And, um, and in addition to that, they look at who actually purchased the property, even though it was in my name and his name, we were not married. The purchase was made out of his overseas account. Oh, I see what you're saying. Where the funds originated. That's right. So ah. that's something I think when you live in a cohabitational situation agreement, you don't look at all the pieces to the puzzle. Mm -hmm. uh, you want to think about it as marriage. A lot of people, oh, you know, it's been a year or two, so it's common law. It's just like being married. No, it's not. Not at all. Not even close. Well, and just because you live together, at least in Texas, doesn't necessarily mean you're married. Uh, it, it's You have to hold yourself out as being married, and both of you have to agree to that and some That's other right. things, too. And, and um, you need to be clear about exactly what you're doing because you, you're either married or you're not married. And if you are married in common law, then you need to get a, div get a divorce That's like right. everybody else mm -hmm. if you split up. And I, you know, was thinking, okay, what's going to happen to my children? Mm -hmm. Because I'm being drained day by day of my funds, even though I'm living with this man and have lived with him for 15 years, the financial thing just started to explode for me. So he was not financially supportive of you even when 
you agreed to stop working because of your relationship, right? Right, because he said, I'm taking care of everything. Why should you worry about it? Why do you need money? And he would come to the store, he would come to wherever I went, and he would pay for it. But you never had money in your own account. No. Oh, well, that's... Not the same thing, is it? <laughs> no. And then uh, to make matters worse, when you allow that kind of situation, when it does dissolve and you try to say, you know, the home was in my name too, or this was partly owned by me, or I did all these things, it's proving it. It's up to you to prove what you did or what you paid for. Mm-hmm. And even though I had done everything in the house and I had paid for more than my share, I felt, in comparison to his income and mine, I really hadn't kept any kind of receipts or any kind of logs of what I had paid for. Mm. So on paper, it looked like he paid for everything, so I really wasn't entitled. And even had I fought it, well, now you're at the point to where you've depleted your funds Mm-hmm. So how are you going to fight someone to get what mm-hmm. maybe the courts will allow? And if they don't, then you're further That's right. in the hole financially. That's 100% right. And, and, and as we both know, a relationship is a lot more than just who writes a check for your the property that you live in or for your groceries. I mean, there's so that's much right. more that's involved in a life and a home and, and the family of two. That's right. And uh, you're right. Without without the benefit of marriage, when it all <laughs> falls apart, or if it does, then what do you have to take away from that for you? That's if true. you've If you've given all of your time and attention to your That's right. I think if you're to going your to partner. take that option, and a lot of people have, and a lot of people mm-hmm. are day by day, but if you're going to decide that that's the direction you want to take, you really have to live together separately in a sense. You do need to have your own finances. You do need to have your own income. You do need to have a plan for yourself separately from that person because you're living together, but it's separate. You really are separate in your finances, separate in your obligations, separate in your medical, separate in everything. Mm -hmm. And so is he. If you combine it or try to combine it, the laws don't cover you like they do when you're married. That's right. That's exactly so right. I think for people who are looking at that and saying, well, that's just the way I want to live my life. I'm not ready to get married. Then keep everything separate. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you know that you have something to fall back on. You have mm-hmm. a safety net. Right. And we too often are so in love that we trust the combination of funds and mm-hmm. um putting everything together because we feel that we're building that life together. We're building that home together. And slowly, slowly and surely, someone is getting depleted and the other person is going to come out ahead. <laughs> well, if, they're, if, they're, uh, if, if your financial accounts are you know, not relatively equal and you're not mm-hmm. sharing uh, all of your living expenses, that's exactly true. I mean, one, one right. or the other. And, um, you know, that other goes to the value that you bring to the relationship. And that's not necessarily financial. No. And, you know, there's there's a there's a different way to to measure the energy and the love that you bring. And, and that's expressed differently oftentimes between men and women or between 
cohabitating partners, whatever the case may be. Well, I do think also when you're cohabitating, it's a different mindset. When you're in Mm -hmm. a marriage, if someone goes outside of that marriage, outside of the relationship, it's cheating. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times in a cohabitation, it's felt differently. There's a different feel about it. It's kind of like, well, I mean, we're just dating. We're by the person who's cheating or the other one? <laughs> by the person who's cheating, obviously. <laughs> yeah. But there is that kind of feeling that we're not married, so you made me mad or you made me angry or you so did So what's this. the big deal? Yeah, right? so what's the big deal? We're not married and she can't do anything about it. He can't do anything about it. Uh-huh. It's so not going to cost me anything. No, right? there's uh-huh. a piece of freedom that's felt, I think, mm-hmm. in that kind of relationship that's mm-hmm. not felt in a marriage, even though it still happens in a marriage. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot more responsibility connected in a marriage. Mm-hmm. There's um, accountability. There accountability, exactly. That's the word I was looking for. Uh-huh. Um, you can't, in cohabitation, it's just a freer, loose um, boundaries, looser boundaries than there is in a marriage. So, so do you believe that uh, that adage that says uh, men cohabitate with a woman until they find the woman that they want to marry and then women cohabitate with a man because they feel like it's a step toward marriage. Do you That's agree with exact, that? I not? totally agree because when a man <laughs> says, I don't want to get married, I think they're not finishing the sentence. What they're saying is, I do not want to marry you. Oh, okay. <laughs> a little more to the point. <laughs> That's right. Good they're right. they're in a holding pattern. And mm-hmm. I kind of metaphorically compare it to a meal. Uh, you're an appetizer until the entree is served. Uh, I don't want to be... Smack. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's a little rough. <laughs> I, but it's, it's the truth in a lot of relationships. Yeah, it probably is. And yeah. I don't want to be the appetizer. I want to be the main course. You I want to be the you entree. Bet. And you when I leave, yes. I want to feel full and <laughs> nutrition <Yeah. laughs> that just is really supporting me. Uh, no, the appetizer is well, not going to do it. That's yeah, right. And I think that's a big, that's a part of the energy around marriage is that, yeah. you know, there's a, there is a, um, not just a holding out of your commitment, but there's, there's, it's, it's more meaningful. It's a deeper level of, of, um, relationship. I mean, what, what is more, um, profound than a marriage? I, That's I, right. I don't, I don't think there is anything as far as in, in, in terms of a relationship speaking. That's right. You know, uh, a promise ring isn't going to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, cohabitating is not the same as you, no. you know, beautifully outlined. But a marriage is something still, although it's considered sort of, you know, the old fashioned way of doing things. There, there are reasons why some institutions such as marriage uh, do endure and uh, why certainly you know, many feel it's 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 the backbone of our society, because yes. it it um, it makes a statement not just to your community and your family, but to each other about about uh, where you are there. I feel like other. a marriage says, "I love you with everything I have and mm-hmm. all that I have, and I accept you for everything you have and all mm-hmm. that you have, no matter what that is." Mm-hmm. But in a cohabitation, it's kind of like, "Let's see what happens." 
one foot in, one foot out, not totally dedicated, mm-hmm. where a marriage is a dedication from the beginning, totally dedicated to each other. You want to you want to put everything together. You want to be one. Cohabitation is saying, I still, I want to be with you, but I still want my separateness. Mm-hmm. And it's a slippery slope. <laughs> I was very well said. I thank you so much for well, being so open for having me. and sharing with sharing your experiences and uh, the positive and the negative and the and the fun and the, and the not so much fun. So <laughs> I know you've helped a lot of people by by doing that. So I hope so. Just beware. I will never enter into another relationship of any kind without speaking to an attorney first. Bravo. <laughs> Say bravo. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. That's right. It's good for everyone out there. You should always speak with a family law attorney about almost anything in your personal life these days. Yes. That's huh? right. Because you can have all the trust in the world, but you still have to know what to expect. You really need to look down the road mm-hmm. and look at what that looks like. Instead of just in the immediate gratification of being with someone, being in love, you know at some point that part's going to wear off and what's left. And how are you going to handle it? Well, you, you know, you hope, again, going back to the difference between marriage and cohabitation, I think the opportunity for uh, a deeper level of, of love is right. afforded in a marriage. And it, I, again, maybe I'm just old-fashioned or not appreciating all of the possibilities in cohabitation but I think um, again it's that level of commitment that makes the difference there was even a a study done some years ago by attorneys and they were at lawyers across the country and family law were asked what is the number one reason you believe that the marriages are successful and the answer number one answer was commitment to the marriage that's right. No-fault statutes exist in almost every state in the country now. And so if you just don't like your husband or your wife anymore, you can just wake up one morning and go, well, bye, <laughs> you know, and you're done. There's nothing you can do to stop it. You That's can right. slow it down. It might take time. but, but um, And it's, it's a still... lot easier when you're cohabitating because when I divorced, there was a whole thing you have to go through with the lawyers and the court and the separation mm-hmm. of property and mm-hmm. all of the assets that you really had earned together or built together. Right. That's the difference. That was a marriage. But in cohabitation, when I left that, I packed two bags, got on a plane and left. Mm-hmm. And there was, that was it. Nothing to, nothing to stop you. And no. Nothing to pick up and take with you either. No, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> okay, let me ask you one more question. Sure. So knowing what you know now mm-hmm. in your personal situation, had you crafted a cohabitation agreement with your partner at the beginning of your relationship, mm-hmm. do you think you could have avoided some of the... the that is would you say the, out, the outfall or what would what, what the fallout the excuse fallout. me the fallout yeah. that would be uh, that's an excellent question and absolutely right i think had i had an agreement or we not i but we mm-hmm. had had an agreement we had sat down and planned everything out 
who is responsible for what, how the finances were going to work, mm-hmm. away from the love and all that stuff. If we had planned, <laughs> never mind about the love yeah, part. Because let's just talk you about already, the money. Right. You already have that, and you yeah. you know you already have that no, piece. I understand. I'm playing. Um, yeah. yeah, but when you, if yeah. we would have sat down and planned all of those things out, and it would have been set up from the start. Right. While you do, you are in that mist of love. You want to take care of that person. So at the yes. start, you are going to make a better arrangement for that partner, I yes. feel. Absolutely. And I think had we done that in the beginning, I think he would have totally wanted me to be set in case anything happened secure. to him. Set and secure. Yes. No matter what happened. Um but when you let it go, when time goes by mm-hmm. and you haven't set anything up, it erodes. The financial end does erode because the security is just not there. Had we set it up from the beginning, had we gotten a contract, mm-hmm. I truly believe we would probably still be together. Mm. That's a big statement. I do. It really is. Because it would have made all the difference. I would have you know, felt secure. It, and you, it brings up another issue is that, you know, it's either financial or sexual or or both sometimes it's important to stop and think wait a minute this particular issue is causing bad feelings bad feelings then do not lay a foundation for a passionate loving relationship so you've got to deal with the core of what is causing the discord between you because if you don't it will it will just show up in every aspect of your life and finances are so critical i mean it's it It is 50 percent of your relationship is about finance so if that's not solid how can you just go have fun and and you know be happy about your life if you're concerned about uh you know you're not you're not in the same conversation financially that's right and it doesn't have to be about a lot of people say well that's kind of cold You know, you immediately go into the financial. Don't you love this person? It's all about love. And, you know, the finances shouldn't be part of it. It's both. But it's It's both. both. If that person really loves you and cares for you, he's going to want to make sure you're taken care of. And it's not always about the relationship not working out. Mm -hmm. For me, as time went on, and especially living in another country, it was very dangerous where we were. Mm -hmm. Uh, People were getting killed. People were having accidents and no help at all. So I started thinking, if anything happened, nothing is set up for me financially if something happens to him. Mm-hmm. So it's not about the relationship ending as much as it was also about what if we have an accident? What if he passes right. away? What if right. he's incapacitated? What do I do? Mm-hmm. I have nothing. I have no rights. Nothing right. has been set up for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm a non-factor. Mm-hmm. And that was a scary place to be. Mm-hmm very insecure place to be mm-hmm. and and it does erode and eventually you start developing resentment because you don't have that in place and people might say well why didn't you bring that up why didn't you talk to him about it I did and every time I tried to say I'm not comfortable with this he would say what are you worried about I'm taking care of everything am I not taking care of what everything? does that mean where does it say where's that right. written down that's what you have to ask the question that's right well, I can I can say that uh, when I'm drafting a, a prenuptial agreement, and it doesn't matter whether uh, w- what partner it is, I, I I feel like I have a pretty good sense of how that marriage is going to go 
from the first meeting because either my client will sit down uh, and say to me, you know, I want to make sure that if something happens to me, my wife or my husband is taken care of for whatever reason, whether it's financial or it's children or whatever. They're thinking about the other person. That's right. First. And that's that's a beautiful statement of what love is about. But if someone comes in and says, okay, I want to make sure that in the event we get divorced, you know, he or she doesn't get any more than this much. And I want to set it aside. It's a whole different feeling and it's a it's a very different conversation. And frankly, I don't I guess at this point in my life after living through what I have personally <laughs> and also what I have in my office. I don't have a lot of hope for that long term. That's because... when you want to say, don't do it, but you can't. <laughs> you want to pick up the phone and call that other person, but you just can't do that. <laughs> Wait, here's my Stop. client. But... <laughs> talk to... Can't do That's that. Right. Stop now. <laughs> you might want to okay. wait on this decision. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Sandra, thank you so much for coming. Well, thanks to again for having me. Today. It was very, very That's helpful and very enlightening. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode about cohabitation on love, money, and the law. I'm Cindy Hyde. And if you'd like to have more information or hear more stories about marriage and divorce, go to lovemoneylaw.com to listen to more videos and podcasts and webinars and to see when our next seminar is scheduled. Thank you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Love, Money, and the Law. Be sure to subscribe to receive a note about the next topic. When you subscribe, it helps support this effort to bring you independent insights into topics that matter in your family and beyond.